name to each one here this morning. Glad to see a good number of here. 
Sorry about the ones that have to miss. We seems like <clears throat> sickness and um, goes with living <laughs> in this world, and we just had plenty of it in our church. We totally understand. We miss those that can't be here. But glad to see a number of y'all here that maybe haven't been here for a while or haven't been here fairly regular. What a, what a blessing! Thank you for that song too, brother Rodney. For break down the bread of life. You know you <clears throat> the uh, speaker. Preacher knows what the Lord's laid on his heart. You don't. <laughs> and, uh, and it's very interesting. You always pray that the Lord will lead in the service, and that was a good backdrop for the message this morning. <clears throat> and you know, Jesus, before he went into his ministry, and you know, I had to wonder what all would take to prepare him for his ministry, because uh, ministry is an important calling. And so he goes out into the desert. Wilderness and fast 40 days and 40 nights. And then the uh, tempter comes and tempts him. And he said, Matthew 4 4, before he ever preached any sermons, he said, But he that answered answer and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. <clears throat> I don't think we can put a too high of importance on reading the word of God. And I tell you, if you agree, you can say amen. Okay, this, this, this won't bother me. Because I think for many of you, you're going, <clears throat> you're going to say, I just totally agree with this. If that's the case, you can nod your head, say amen, praise the Lord, whatever. But, you know, we're, we're here to worship, okay? And uh, that doesn't mean you're supposed to sit there like it's cold water on a, on a cold day. This is supposed to be a, a blessing. And, it, it, and so I looked at my files and... Uh, I like to preach about every other year on the blessings of the Word of God. And I looked, and it was many, many, many years I feel very neglect, uh, negligent, so I can tell I'm trying to get the call of duty here that uh, the blessings of the Word, and you know that, but I just like to uh, re-stimulate your interest or heighten your desire for the Word of God and the blessing it is to us. So I always, you know, if you, you, you want to do anything boring, you always do it up front because toward the end, then people will sleep. And, but this isn't boring, okay? I read a clipping on the Bible, but it is a, I'm going to read it because it says a lot of things that I couldn't just uh, at lip. It says, the Bible is the only book that reveals the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its history is true, and its decisions immutable. It contains light to direct, spiritual food to sustain, and comfort to cheer. Man shall read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, practice it to be holy. It should be read, he should read it that it might fill his memory, rule his heart, guide his feet in righteousness and true holiness. He should read it slowly, prayerful, prayerfully, meditatively, searchingly, devotionally, and study it constantly and industriously. You like these adjectives? Pretty good. It is a mind of wealth, a paradise of glory, a river of pleasure. It is given for you in life, will be opened at the judgment, and be, re and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, will reward the greatest honor, and condemn all those who trifle with its sacred contents. And you're here this morning, you have one in your hands. What a, just a tremendous blessing. The mind of God. And so we're here with our human minds. Fairly simple, actually. In fact, very simple if we compare it to the mind of God. You know, 
And, uh, but you know, we had a preacher here a number of years ago say, when you're reading the Word of God, it is the voice of God. And there's a lot of truth about that. You know, uh, you know, people will say they like to be over there in Galilee and, and in Israel and Jerusalem when Jesus spoke. You know, it's so interesting. We have all the words that are important. We didn't hear them all because he said, John said the, the books, the world couldn't contain all the books. But we have the words that are important in your hands. You know what? You get the voice of God, the voice of Jesus here. And that's such a tremendous blessing we have to read and to, hear, to know that Jesus loves you. And, uh, and he wants to speak to us. The mind of Christ. Okay, we'd like to start by reading for 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17. 2 Timothy 3. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing that from whom you have learned them. And that from a childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures that are able to make you wise and for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And here Paul is saying through inspiration to Timothy, look, <clears throat> you need to continue what you've learned. You were blessed to know the words of God. And it is a blessing to be born and raised in a Christian home where the word of God is, uh, is spoken. They have family devotions like they should. And they care about the word of God and they're obeying and they're reading. That's a tremendous blessing. If you are here this morning or in the sound of my voice and you did not have that blessing, you can still learn from Jesus. His words are there. It is an imperative that we're born and raised in a Christian home to be a Christian. It is imperative that we read the word of God and have saving faith and follow Jesus. That's what's, and we can have that. You can get that. So um, it is a tremendous blessing that we have had our minds filled and we've learned. And from a childhood, we knew the Holy Scriptures. What a blessing. But we can learn whatever stage we're at. It doesn't matter if you're 30, 40, 50, or 80. You, we can read the word of God and we can learn thereby. And then it says why it's given. It's given for, uh, another version says there, verse 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and in training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped to, equipped to every good work. Now, we as Christians, it is always a desire to follow Jesus and, and to be living a life that radiates of the presence and glory of Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's a tremendous, but that's what we desire. He said, well, look, you get it one way. You get it. You, how do you know how to do that? You don't read the Horde's Derriman. You won't uh, <clears throat> find it in any other books than the Bible. The Bible is how to tell us how to live pleasing to, to God. It's God-breathed, and so it says it teaches us. It teaches us. Well, any Christian, any good Christian, any good person that wants to grow like they should has to be a learner. So we read the Bible to learn. <clears throat> we just don't read it <clears throat> to pick and choose what we want. We learn, read it to learn because it is God speaking to us, to mankind. And um, it also it, it, it rebukes us. Now, I don't know how much you like that thought, but that means 
what if you were a sinner and you never were rebuked? You'd still be a sinner. <clears throat> Nobody in the right mind wants to die a sinner. Nobody in the right mind wants to die a sinner. Everybody <clears throat> that really is thinking clearly knows <clears throat> that we need, we need to live in, in faith in Jesus Christ and have our sins forgiven. Amen? And it's a privilege. The only way we know that is by reading the Bible. And then the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, Hey, you know what? You have a sinful nature. You need to change. You can get forgiveness through Jesus. You know how you know that? Through the Bible. That's the only way you know it. You won't get it to look out in nature. The nature reveals an orderliness and shows that there's a divine, sovereign God. But you won't get the plan of salvation from nature. You get it from the Bible. You get, in fact, you get everything you need to know spiritually from the Bible. Everything. In fact, uh, it, it, there's never, you really, you don't, spiritually, you don't need to know anything else but the Bible. That's profound. You know, people read this kind of book and man's interpretation of things, and sometimes they're right and sometimes they aren't. But uh, they can be, and it can be helpful. But if you want to be solid, you want to live a Christian life that's pleasing to Jesus, and you want to, uh, to know how much he loves you, you want to know how much he can help you, you want to know how to build up brotherhood, you want to know how to stay away from sin, you know how to live a life of compassion and understanding, you want to know how to live faithful uh, in, in, to your commitments, you know how you do it? By reading the Bible. That's where you get it all. Every need man has, every need we have spiritually is answered and gives directions from the Bible. What a blessing. And we got them in our hands. We got them in our hands. Wow. Okay, it says teaching, rebuking, correcting, and, and training in righteousness. What a tremendous blessing we have. Also, in the Bible, we see God's will. By the life of Jesus, where it says in John 6, 38, says, I come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So we, we can see the life of Jesus, and we know God. Because, you know, we, can, we talk to God when we pray. And so <clears throat> that's a tremendous blessing. But how can you know the will of God? Only through the Bible. Now, it, it's very... Wonderful to know that he wants you to know his will and he enables you to do his will. You know that from reading the Bible. Now he could have said, Look, okay, you're a sinner. I'm going to save you by the blood of Jesus, but you know what? You're going to have to make it on your own. You know, you ought to know how to make it. You know, I'm going to, but you know what he did? He, he didn't do that. He said, I'm going to give you a map, I'm going to tell you what's right. I'm going to tell you what's wrong. In fact, I'm going to even enable you to do what's right. And by the way, you're human, and you're going to make a few mistakes. Maybe you haven't, but most of us have. And you know what? You can repent. You can repent. He didn't have to say he's going to give me, repent, let you repent a hundred times, but he does. He, do, he doesn't worry about all coming. He, he loves us to come and repent. Because you know why? He knows when we made mistakes. He knows when we sin. And, and, and he cares. He said, what compassion. 
What parent would be that loving that you can make mistakes multitude in one day and be forgiven and there's nothing against them the next day? It's amazing. That's our God. You know, you know that? From the Bible. The Bible teaches us those things. The will, Jesus reveals the will of God. What, how tremendous that is. Well, one of the values of the book is we're reading it is knowing that the God that wrote it, the God that walks with his children and enables his children is a sovereign, all-powerful God. That's, that's, beyond, that's beyond human comprehension. That he wants to walk with you and me as mortal beings, wayward in our nature, and yet hopefully having a true love for him, that he, he wants to walk with you and that we can know him because he's the author, but we can know him by reading the Bible. And it's the only way we do it, by reading the Bible and take, uh, relating to him. You may have heard this before, but this is still precious to me. <clears throat> About 47 years ago, I had a girlfriend that, lived, uh, that went to West Virginia to help do summer Bible school. And to clear matters up, I'll tell you, she's my bride. Okay, so you don't have to start guessing how many girlfriends I had. And uh, <laughs> she's my bride. And uh, she was there in West Virginia. She was good at writing letters. You know, she's still good at uh, sending notes. And, uh, and so after she she's back there about a week, I, I, got a, I got a letter. I will promise you one thing. I didn't have any temptation to lay it on the shelf and read it next week. Not a bit of a temptation for that. See, I knew the author of the letter, and I knew that, uh, hmm, this was going to be good. And so I would open it up instantly, right away. I read it. I read it. And it was good. Now, it might not be as good as the Bible, but for human to human, it was really good. Okay? I enjoyed that. Hmm. And then you know what I did? I didn't even set it on the shelf then. I reread it. That's what I did. Because the more you read it, the more you get, right? Yes. When you know the other more. And then you know what I did? Oh, this is really good, but can be dangerous. I read between the lines. And then it got even better yet. Because you can use your imagination. <laughs> and that works very well. Mm. Well, you can do that with your Bible as long <laughs> as you compare scripture with scripture and don't go out of bounds with it. Because I heard one time a man was reading the Bible and he was, he was a non-believer. And a man comes and says, no, why are you reading the Bible? You, you want to read the Bible? You love the Oh, no, 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 no. I'm looking for loopholes, looking for loopholes. Well, you can find loopholes there if you read it the wrong way. But if you read between the lines to build you up in holiness, to strengthen you, to help you be more like Jesus, you know what? You can read it again and again and again. You can read between the lines and it'll just get better all the time. Amen? That's absolutely true. What a tremendous book we have, I tell you. It's amazing. Knowing the author. Knowing the author is tremendous. Knowing him as our Savior and our Lord. Now there's a number of things it does for us. And uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to have everything in proper sequence here. But it says in John 15, 3, it says, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. You know, John said, I think it was John said, You know, we need to come to you. You speak the words of life. Nobody else in this world has ever spoken words of life. But 
Thank God we can have eternal life by knowing Jesus, faith in Jesus Christ. But then after we become Christians, you know what? We walk in a dirty world spiritually. We walk, it might be as clean as a pen in some cities, but it is a dirty world spiritually we live in. And we need to always remember that. And sometimes, you know, but it's so important. God says, I can clean you up. And you know what? Sometimes we need a good scrubbing. You know, some of that filth of the world gets on us. We get around there, we get those appetites, we get those desires, and we see things, and you know what? All of a sudden it starts affecting our mind, and we get our minds cleaned up. And the Word does that for us. We need, what a blessing. I'm telling you, blessings are the Word of God. Nothing else will clean you up spiritually but the Word of God, the Spirit of God working in it. No wonder it says in Psalms 119.9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, young, young man, young woman, Middle-aged man, middle-aged woman. May I also say an old man and an old woman? I don't think it was in excluding anybody here. And at least I'm sure God didn't intend it to. How it says, cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. He lets us know that, you know, you might be walking in this world, and Jesus did, Apostle Paul did, uh, every God led, St. Timothy did, all of them, Peter, James, John, they all walked in this world, but they had to stay clean because they knew par for the course, holiness for the course. You know how they knew that? By the word of God, by following Jesus, by following Jesus. It was said, I've heard it said, the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, sometimes um, we read, and it's so interesting, and I hope you've never had this, but I've had, we kind of go through a low spot, and you don't really have time to read the Bible, or you're too busy, or you're just too lukewarm. I'm not sure what, which one it is. Sometimes you don't want to read the Bible inevitably. Well, let's, let's mark it down. Lukewarmness is sin. Busyness is sin. If it keeps you away from the word, it's sin. In fact, anything, any excuse I use to keep from the Bible is sin. And what a blessing we have it in our hands. What a tremendous blessing. See, it exposes sin. It's such a blessing. It exposes sin. And, but yet we can get forgiveness and move on by the grace of Jesus Christ. Well, if you have a quest for life, eternal life, and peace security and acceptance you'll get it from reading the bible and learning the author letting jesus be the savior and lord of your life what a tremendous blessing it is i've read a good number of <clears throat> a few because it wasn't very many farming magazines and i've read some good books and i'll be honest i enjoy reading pablo yoder's books do you read them how many of you read Pablo's book? Okay. I read them once, and you know what? I enjoy them. I've never been tempted to read them twice or three times or dig in because, you know what? One time over is good enough. The only time I've ever read them twice is I've got such a good forgetter three years later, it can be like a new book to me. And I enjoy reading new books. And so it kind of comes across the interesting book because, you know why I like them books? Because they tell you of the blessings of Jesus working in your life. 
In other words, it's not just putting in time. They'll inspire you. And, and how the Lord protected those people there in Guatemala uh, through all their thievery and all the stuff they lived or transformed life of some woman. And some, it's amazing. But the book is, the Bible is totally different. It is totally different. A man said one time that God signed his name in the Old Testament 3,800 times. And statements like, thus saith the Lord, 3,800 times, thus saith the Lord, God said, and the word of the Lord came unto me saying, John 17, 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And you know, it's amazing. So many people go and they have a problem. And they say, Google, blah, blah, blah. And you know, Google comes back and tells them whatever it wants to tell you, okay? It might be truth, and it might not be truth, amen? Let me tell you, friends, every spiritual truth, principle, slash, you need to know, you'll find in the Bible. You don't need to go talk to a screen. Just get the word out and read it. It works, and we don't pick and choose. Like when I read Farm Magazines, and I would read things, and they said, oh, this is so wonderful. You know what I said? It don't fit my life. Forget it. It's a waste of time, and I agree. And I look at another one. It's the same thing. You want to do it out west? You want to do it out in Canada? Do it. You can do it in Florida. That's fine. It don't help me in Virginia. I'm telling you, the Word of God fits every place in the world. It fits all mankind's problems because He, he knows our nature. He made you. And he loves you. And so he knows your problems. And so he gives you the answer book. Oh, it's tremendous. The only, there is no biblical principle or truth you need to know other than the Bible. Always remember that. That'll keep screen time down and get Bible time up. I would sure hope so anyhow. David said... And referring to Goliath's sword, and I hope you have a, a sword, because we got the Bible, it is the Word of God. And he said, There is none like it, give it to me. And that's a good desire. There's nothing like this Bible, give it to me, is what he was saying. You know, I understand that there's been uh, numerous attempts to eradicate the Word of God. And it can never be done. You see, my word's going to stand forever. And that's very true. And I tell you, we have the word of God through the spirit of God, which is the word of God. And this psalm was said, I'd like us to read a few verses there from Psalm 19. What it can do for every mankind, what it is for us. Such a blessing. Psalm 19, cutting in verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. There's no mistakes. You know, I just read an article yesterday, and sometimes scientists think that the Bible didn't know what it talked about, where it said this or this or this or that. You get the reaching out, it's in there. And it said, you know what? The Bible didn't, it's even better on science than scientists are. Because you know why? God made it. God made everything It's in science. And they're just trying to figure out. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. Right there we are. A pack of simpletons. I don't care, and the word lets us know plainly that the wisest man on earth knows nothing compared to God. And then a lot of us are way down the totem pole. But he said, you know what? Can make wise. You know why? The only thing that is important to God 
to Jesus and to others. You know, when they come up to Peter and John and said, they're strange. I can tell they've been with Jesus. I can tell they've been with Jesus. That's the only thing that's important. You know how they know they've been with Jesus? Because they was walking with Jesus. And how do we walk with Jesus? By reading his word, by obeying him, by following him, by loving him. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing. Now, if you down, if you're down, if you're struggling, read the Bible. It'll lift you up. It'll tell you how much Jesus loves you, how much he cares for you, and how much he wants to walk with you and build you up and give you victory over your sin. We don't have to live in sin. He said, no, you can repent. He loves us. Rejoicing the heart. No wonder Christians have the joy of the Lord as their strength. They don't have. They are, because they live above condemnation and sin. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. What a wonderful thing to realize in this day and age, you can have pure heart and pure eyes and a pure mind. And you know how you get it? By reading the word of God. Because he'll tell you, I'll help cleanse you. And you know what? I'll give you a love for holiness. And you can't, we can't fathom that without reading the word of God. I'm giving you a love for holiness. And then he'll also tell you what to stay away from. You can't beat that. That's the best parent you could have. I mean, if we had parents that good, we, you know what? That would have been amazing. You have that kind in the Father, in Jesus, in the Word. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And then he said, this is what they can do. And then he talked about his appetite. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by, thy, by, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. You know, everybody loves to be praised and have a reward system. But he said very plainly, you want the best life there is, read the word and obey Jesus. You, you, want, you, want, to, you want to be rewarded now? You want to be rewarded in it forever? That's the only way to do it. But he said, you know what, there's going to be a, a driving appetite. Now, some of you, probably some of you, have a sweet tooth. If you don't, I have yours, okay? Because I have a double dose. And so, and so you know, honey's great, but I just assume, well, sugar items, you know, they just, they just talk to you, you know, say, oh, eat me now, eat me now. And, uh, but he said, you know what? You know, he was talking about spiritually now. You know, do we love that word with, a, with just... Uh, ultimate love more than your sweet tooth love sugar? That's pretty, that's a high craving. That'll put a craving on you. You know, uh, and yet you, know, you sit there, like, just not long ago, I saw a dessert bar. It was, I thought it was fat, fit for a wedding, and it was. And you know what? I got to help it out. And, uh, but they gave you just these little plates to restrict your volume. And that was wise, too. But see, God don't restrict your plate. He gave you a whole Bible full of love. It your sweet tooth. And you know what? It, it, he, he cares about it. He loves you. And, and he says, look, I'm, I'm going to give you everything you need. And so you have love and desire. 
I hope that every morning you wake up, you have a craving for Jesus. I'm sure Jesus hopes you do. You know, now I do know. How many of you? Uh, uh, so I know some of you don't, can't, aren't hourly workers, don't have time in the morning. But, you know, we, we need to be those that love the Word of God because it it's our answer book. How many of you read the Bible through last year? That's a good percentage. How many of you read the Bible, including them, in one, in, 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 through period? It don't care if it took two or three years. How many of you read the Bible through cover to cover? Ah, that's looking better. That's looking better. Because I'm not sure that God really says you got to read it through in one year. But I know he says, look, if you know me as your Savior and you know me as the Lord, you're going to love this word because you know it's going to everything to you. There's nothing more important. You know, you should never put screen time before the Word of God. Never. Never do that. Because he says, look, I, I, I can answer all your problems. And so, and, um, and yet years ago, years and many, many years ago, I said, I'm going to read the Bible through, but I'm going to read it meditatively. I'm going to study it through. Now, and I think that's what God intends. I don't think he expects us to skim read it, because I understand you've got to read three chapters for six days a week and, and five on Sunday to read the Bible through in one year. And um, that takes a little time. Doesn't it take a little time? Well, uh, maybe for some of you that can speed read, but for some of us that can't, and we want to retain something, I found out that took me at least a half an hour up to 45 minutes a day. Now, I don't know. Yes, I do. Where you live, there's 24 hours a day. And if you take eight hours to sleep, you still have 16 hours a day. If you would tie that time for Jesus, you'd be 1.6 hours a day. And you can do that. I found out when I did that the way, and I prayed, and I read my Bible through and prayed, it took me 45 minutes to hour a day. I wouldn't even tithe in my day. Wouldn't even tithe in my day. And it blessed me. I tell you, it blessed me. I grew so much those years. You know what? If, if I don't read a lot, I feel like I'm underfed. You like diets? You know, we all, you know, we do that to trim down, and that's where you'll trim down spiritually, by going on a diet. Yeah, but you know, when you read it and you feast on the Word of God, you just long, you just you can't wait to get there. Am I weird? Can we all say amen? Can we say amen to that? You know, we, we just love the time. Now, I realize... I do sympathize with mothers. They get up in the morning to make breakfast, and they've been up half the night. And uh, that would be tough. Yeah, I still think we need to have a desire. And if you don't read the Bible, that's fine. You just read a chapter and meditate on it and grow. Read to meditate and to grow spiritually and be strengthened spiritually and to learn the mind of God. Don't read it just to read it. Read it to change you. Read it to strengthen you. It'll do amazing things for you. Okay, it's a treasure chest. For the blues, read Psalm 27. There isn't any problem you have that the Bible doesn't have an answer. Always remember that. You don't have any spiritual problem. You might be struggling, and all of us have struggled with time, but you have not struggled in any area that the Bible always has the answer. Amen? you got to know that. If you don't, you need to read the book because the answers are there. And praise the God. So you read, if you have the blues, and we sometimes get, you have an empty purse, read Psalm 37. If you're discouraged about work, read Psalms 128. 
I'm just, I know you're not gathering these, but I'm just telling you how many things God answers. If people seem unkind to you, read John 15. If you lose confidence in people, read 1 Corinthians 13. Oh, that's, that's always wonderful. If you got to have your own way, praise God we don't all the time, read James 3. If you're out of sorts, read Hebrews 12. When in sorrow, read John 14. Uh, when... Uh, when you are struggling, read Psalm 34. When God seems distant, Psalms 139. When you forget your blessings, read Psalm 103. You get the drift. Now, I could, I could read about five or six more, but I don't need to. You get the drift. He has answers for your problems. That's what's so beautiful. That's just so beautiful. And we do go ups and down. And, uh, and so I read one time an article, and it said... It says in Job 23, 12, Neither have I gone back from thy commandments and thy lips. I have esteemed thy words of my mouth more than my necessary food. And they basically said in this program, No Bible, no breakfast. Hmm, would you like that? Probably be a good idea. Because in other words, why would be feeding our physical bodies be more important than feeding our spiritual souls? Why would that be more important? And so... Uh, but I understand, I'm not saying there's no variations to this, but you know, so sleep was that important? Well, I understand if you didn't hardly have any, it is important. That's kind of the way I feel today myself, actually. <laughs> sleep would be nice. But uh, you know what, really, what is most important? Yeah, most all of us could lose half an hour of sleep and not hurt us, but if we gained a half an hour of the Word of God, it would very much help us. I hope you're not that way, but it could be that way. And then it said, the benefits of quality time with the Word. It will make you a strong Christian, 1 John 2, 14. It will give you assurance of salvation, 1 John 5, 13. It will give you confidence and power in prayer, 1 John 5, 14. It will cleanse you from sin, Psalm, uh, I mean, John 15, 3, Psalm 119, 9. It will give you joy, John 15, 11, and Nehemiah also. It will produce peace in your life. John 16, 13. It will guide you in making important decisions in your life. Psalm 19, 105. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. You should never, ever invoke yourself and walk down the highway of life without the Bible as your main guide. Never. It is our guide. It's so wonderful. What, it's just what all it can do for you. It's a laundry list of everything you have. It can do for you. What a tremendous blessing we have. Yes. I don't think we treasure it like we should. I read one time, not long ago, 34% of Americans never read the Bible. Another 10% read it less than once a year. And I don't know how you could do that. It means once every other year. It's terrible. So getting close to 50% of Americans basically do not read the Bible. And yet we're so blessed. There's a book out by Harvey Yoder, Into Their Hands at Any Cost. How many of you have read that book? God bless you. The other, the rest of you need to read the book, that book. Now, first, Bible first, okay? But a lot of times we have a little spare time every now and then to, uh, you know what I mean, to read. Because if I remember correctly, which my might not, but if I remember correctly, they took the Bible into communist Romania, Russia, and Eastern Europe, and they would, the people risked their lives to take the Bible to these people who didn't have a Bible. Now, what if that was you? 
What was that? You'd be glad somebody did that. And then once they got the Bible, they would take it in portions. And they would give you a portion, and you a portion, a chapter or a little portion. And you know what you do? You go up in the attic at nighttime where it's hid from everybody. It might be musty and dingy. There might be bats, but you didn't care. And you wrote it down because you loved, you treasured that word. And you wrote it down. After several nights or many nights, you'd have a portion wrote down for yourself. And the next Sunday, while you was worshiping in a cave or some dungeon, dingy spot away from all authority, you would pass that portion on to the next one. And you had a copy. They loved the word. They loved the word. It kind of speaks to me. I read that every American, including man, woman, and child in America, averages four Bibles in America. And we have it so freely. And yet God says, do you really love it? Do you really love it? Do you really love me? Do you really love me? Yes. We want to love the word of God. And I'd like to read because love is shown and a passion is shown by communication and interest. If somebody said they loved you, but they didn't want to talk to you and relate to you, what would you think? You wouldn't have pleasant thoughts, would you? Because love, when you have love and passion for a person, guess what? You want to talk to them. You want to have communication with them. Just a few pages back, Psalm 119. I hope this is your heart's desire. This is a person who has a love and a passion for the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse 129. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. And was they read to be directed. They read to be led. They lead to, to be strengthened. The entrance of your words gives light and gives understanding to the simple. There it is again. I long, open my mouth and pan it. And I long for your commandments. Look upon me and have mercy on me as your custom is toward those who love your name. Direct my steps by your word, not by my desire, not by my carnal interest, not by my weaknesses, not by the example of the world around me. Direct my steps by your word and let not iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man that I can keep your, your precepts, make your face to shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes, rivers of water run down from my eyes because men do not keep your law. This is a person that loved the Lord, that, wanted, that, that was just, just had an ultimate desire. God, I want to follow you. Your statutes, your principles, your commandments are wonderful. I love them. I tell you, I wake up in the morning and I crave them. I meditate on them. What did he say? Day and night. Not just a little bit when it suited me. Didn't fit in with all the busyness of material things. All the busyness of screen time. He said, you know what? I am going to put first things first in my life. I'm going to follow Jesus. No wonder he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word in the word of God. God bless you with this treasure you have in your hand, feasting on the word of God. 
Should we have a song?